1: Hey everybody, welcome to the Midnight Frightcast. This is episode number 86. We are back, Guy. I'm your host for the day, Greg, the movie guy. With me is the top half of our Scream Queen, Maddie. Hey, all you miserable whores. (laughs) (laughs) Tuning in from the other basement studio in Lincoln is Joshua.
2: Hey, is this loud enough? Yeah, can
1: you hear? Okay, I am. I am now bleeding from the ears. Lenny Loud, yeah. Wake up, everybody! (laughs) Fantastic. And the Doctor of Filmonomics in the sub basement studio, Patrick.
3: You're the Doctor of Filmonomics. Oh shit, the Doctor of
1: everything else. Hey everybody, how's it
3: going? This
1: is why I can't have too many nicknames. So the Doctor of everything else in the sub basement studios. Yeah, we are gonna. I know. I'm tired. My head is not where it should be. So let's uh, let's rock and roll. What has everybody what, been watching? Regurgitate that shit. What has everybody been watching? Maddie, what do you got?
0: Um, just more true crime stuff for me. I watched a documentary on Israel Keys. It was like the scariest human being ever. Wasn't a very good documentary, but still interesting. And then I actually rewatched Mayhem, which we covered on the podcast. My boyfriend hadn't seen it. And uh, he wanted to live inside my head for an hour and forty minutes. So we rewatched that. It was a good time. I I remember liking that movie a lot, but like the second round was pretty fun too. But
1: remind me, mayhem was the uh, the Asian Belco experiment, right? Yeah,
2: kind of. It was the
0: virus okay. one uh, where they just like where they're locked in the building and get to yep. beat the shit out of each other for eight hours. Yep.
2: What did he think?
0: He really liked it. He said it took a while to get going, which I think is what I had thought. As well, but he said it was a good time.
2: Excellent, Josh. What have you been watching? Couple things I caught this week between uh, the millions of house projects and shit that we're doing around here. I caught. I think. I, I think I've seen this before, but I couldn't remember. Uh, it's on Tubi TV, and it's a documentary called Dreams on Spec, and it's a really super good documentary. I, I think I might have caught it a long time ago, uh, but it's basically it's from 2006. But it's basically, you know, people out in in L.A. trying to uh, navigate and find their way to being writers uh, professionally in L.A. and making it in a, uh, a land of broken hearts. Um, it's just essentially like talking about how hard they work and how many things they give up and how trying to find just jobs so they don't have to get other jobs. And it's a really, really interesting documentary. If you're a writer and if you're not a writer, it's just an interesting documentary just in general. Um, Really good. And then I started watching earlier this week, have not finished it yet because it's almost a seven hour documentary, but I started watching Crystal Lake Memories, uh, which is the making of all the Friday the Thirteenth. Again, really, really good. Interesting documentary if you're into Friday the 13th. Narrated by Corey Feldman. Really good stuff. But that's about it. Those are pretty much the the two kind of main things that... Oh, I started watching Space Force. Not my thing. Uh, But I'm going to finish it. Uh, The first episode was really funny. The second and third one, kind of flat. So that's just me.
1: That's it. I, felt like it kind of, I felt like it kind of dropped off in those next couple episodes. It picks up a little bit. Does it? It's not like heavy laugh-your-head-off humor, but it's, yeah. it's stupid
2: humor. The first episode hit my favorite part of the trailer, which was when Steve Carell sings the Beach Boys song. And that yes. was in the very first episode, <laughs> my favorite part of the trailer. And so they kind of like spent that a little too early for me. And like I said, the, the, the second and third episode weren't as uh, funny- Mm-hmm. Great, but I'll keep at it. i'll uh, I'll probably finish it. Cool, gotcha.
3: I was not able to watch a lot this past week, getting ready for a wedding next weekend. So, kind of like Josh, doing a lot of stuff, house projects, painting, things like that. But I did happen to catch the first episode of The Outsider. It is a ten-part series on HBO based on Stephen King novel by the same name. It's another yes. Jason Bateman produced directed production and I really really liked what they did with the first episode so uh, as soon as I've got some time I'm going to dive head first back into that. Excellent.
1: So I've, uh, I mentioned earlier I was pounding my way through the chronological list of the Marvel saga and I had finished that uh, last week. So I've been looking for a new series to watch. Apparently I'm jonesing for serieses. Serieses? Serieses. It's serious segue into that i had uh started playing a a new xbox game with a bunch of my friends called sea of three talking is not my thing today i should not be hosting this is a terrible decision playing a game called sea of thieves it's a pirate themed game if you get a chance to play it do it because it's a lot of fun but it's a pain in the ass so because i've been playing that i've been kind of jonesing to watch some pirate stuff so i went back and checked out the trilogy of the pirates of the caribbean series over there on disney plus you know pirates of the caribbean is one of my all-time favorite movies so always love checking that out and The next two were decent. They weren't anything terrible to write home about, but they were fun to watch. So that's really all that I've been doing. I haven't been checking out a lot of anything, really. So it's been kind of a a slow week for me. All right, we are going to move on. We started a game last week that we found out we were all terrible at, and we're going to play the second round of it. That is Horror Jeopardy. Patrick, I believe it is
3: uh, your turn. It is my turn. So give me just a moment to uh, get the PowerPoint
2: going here. Only gotcha. here can you, like, find out that you really suck at something and go, we should <laughs> do that again. I mean, <laughs> we were
1: really bad at it last <laughs> week. We're, we're going to change Literally this awful. from the Fright cast to the Glutton for Punishment cast. Uh, and
3: pretty the, much. the only thing I'm, I need to to say is that I we are going to have a final Jeopardy this round, or this turn. Oh. So have a... So have- Hold on, I need to. Hello, listen. Echo. Yeah, that came out of nowhere.
0: <laughs> oh damn, you made it fancy.
1: Oh, uh, Patrick one and upping the uh, the show.
3: Okay. I know. So so if you can have a pen and paper handy because oh. you will write down oh. your wager and your your answer.
2: Oh, son of a bitch. Alright.
3: And if anybody is willing to help me, you know, keep score as well, that would be nice.
2: I'm unable to keep score without cheating, so... um, I'll do it. I will do it as well. Okay, I'll keep score. (laughs) No problem. I start off with 500 points, though, out of the gate. Got it.
3: All right, so let's see. So uh, the categories for this week is What's My Tool?
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, what?
3: <laughs> got your attention. Murder by the numbers, taglines, and who said it? Damn. Now, we didn't, pot- we didn't do the... We, last week, we didn't do the, the ring-in oh, thing. Potables. It was pretty much just whoever answered right got to pick next and mm. kept trying to sweep the board. So I think we'll go ahead and continue <laughs> doing it that way. Josh, you started last week, so it's between... Uh, maddie and greg to start give me an odds or even greg even hey oh.
1: <laughs> all right i get to be first embarrassed this week
3: oh um,
1: again alex i'll take potent potables for 1000 um i'm gonna go taglines for 100
3: taglines for 100 the night he came home is uh, the tagline what is halloween and the answer is halloween Woo-hoo.
2: this is just a little too fancy for me patrick you need to dumb this shit down
3: Yeah, I'll try to do that. Greg, you are still in charge of the board. Uh, Taglines for 200. Taglines for 200. Man is the warmest place to hide. Oh, I'm going to have to pass my answer. I don't even have a guess on that. No guess? No guess. Okay, Josh or Maddie? I have
2: no idea. I legit have no idea, so I'm going to say the thing, just to throw out an answer.
3: And Josh is on the
2: board. Oh, motherfucker. All right. Well played.
3: And Josh has control of the board. With taglines for 300. Taglines for 300. Check in. Relax. Take a shower.
2: I'm going to throw a dart at the wall and say psycho. Psycho is the answer. Well, that one wasn't a dead giveaway.
3: <laughs> Josh, you are still in control of the board. Let's keep
2: going with taglines for 400. In space. No oh, one can hear you scream. Okay, so see how. Uh, picky. I'm going to say it's Alien.
3: And Alien is correct.
2: If I would have said Aliens, would you, you have you would, Yeah, I would not have given it to you. Okay. Out <laughs> of curiosity. Uh, finish Taglines for 500
3: Taglines for 500 Where shopping costs you an arm and a leg.
2: Uh, I don't oh. know. So uh, uh, The movie that comes to my mind is Chopping Mall. So I'm going to say Chopping Mall.
3: And Josh takes the column.
0: Damn.
2: Uh, let's start with what's my
3: tool for 100 <laughs> What's my tool for 100 Jason Verhees, weapon of choice
1: um, Machete I believe it's pronounced machete Machete, Danny Trejo Played by De- Danny Trejo, yes
3: <laughs> Still in uh, charge of the board Josh is sweeping
2: What's my tool oh. for 200
3: Since age 6, Michael Myers used this on his victims
2: um, A knife
3: We will give it to you uh, okay. I have my, I must have made these way too easy. I said that I made them easier this week.
2: You did. I'm looking like a real goddamn genius right now. <laughs> What's my tool for 300?
3: Patrick Bateman was a real swinger with one of these. Uh, he used an axe. Greg is shaking his head because we oh, should be. Damn it. We should be doing the. Oh, you thought it was something different. You thought it was a baseball
1: bat. I thought
2: it was, was going to be a chainsaw.
3: Oh. Maybe we uh, should be buzzing in on this. Josh is still in control of the board.
2: Uh, 400. I'll, I'll just fuck it up here eventually.
3: Because he knew what they did. Ben Willis used this.
2: Oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I Maddie, don't know. Maddie
3: or Greg. Is it a hook? Maddie is on the board.
2: Yes. Yeah. I was going to say That's... I don't know what you did last summer because I really didn't know the answer to that question. I knew the movie,
3: though. Maddie.
0: Uh, I'll continue. Yeah, I'll do. What's my tool for five hundred?
3: What's my tool for five hundred? Ash Williams' nickname for his iconic <laughs> shotgun.
0: It's boomstick.
3: Boomstick is correct. Maddie coming in strong with <sighs> the higher points.
0: Woo! Um, I'll do. Who said it for one hundred?
3: Who said it for one hundred? It's alive! It's alive!
0: Oh fuck! I'm uh, Doctor Frankenstein.
3: And the answer is dr frankenstein from the movie frankenstein
0: uh 200 who said it
3: who said it for 200 they're coming to get you barbara
0: oh i don't know what this guy's name is and
3: well i was gonna say in this category you can either say the character or the actor or explain well enough who the hell it is
0: i couldn't even explain who the hell it is (laughs) i haven't seen this movie in years so i'm gonna pass
2: hey guys go is is Barbara's brother from Night of the Living Dead.
3: That is correct. I don't know his name. It is Johnny Blair from the Night of the Living Dead.
0: Patrick, you gave that to him? Yeah. Okay, just checking.
3: I mean, I just <laughs>
2: followed the rules he gave. I just yeah, wasn't I, I said, I
3: know, if you could just... explain, explain who it is, then, yeah. Because I there's no way in hell I would remember character names, especially Johnny Blair. Back to the board.
2: What a great name. 300. Who
3: said it for 300? Sometimes dead is better.
2: Oh. I, I wanna say his name is uh Fuck. But that's his not his is, name. His name that, is Fuck. I wanna <laughs> say his name is, is is Judd from uh Pet Cemetery, but that I don't think that's right. John Crandall from Pet Cemetery. What
1: was the what was the actor's name? It's Fred something, isn't it? Fred, Fred Gwynn. Well Fred Gwyn. Fred Gwyn.
3: Because I don't know if uh John Lithgow Lithgow said it in the in the remake. I don't either uh 400 who said it for 400 will tear your soul apart Jesus Christ
2: Maddie's ready to steal
0: I'm fucking yeah, ready It's
2: it's it's uh it's Pinhead from Hellraiser is that right
0: Better goddamn get that right
2: I got it right just for you Maddie
0: Yeah I was going to say I'm just like keeping all these things in my head for when we all get together in like a year
3: Full year uh 500 Be afraid be very afraid
2: well, I want to get that one wrong.
3: It's one of the most popular ones that is often never known where it's come from. Yeah. Uh pass. Greg or Maddie?
0: Yeah, Greg, do you know?
1: Um, I could venture a guess, but I don't know off the top of my head, so
0: Yeah, I don't know either.
1: Wow. Um yeah, let it let it let it fly. I don't know.
3: Let it fly Veronica Quay from the Fly. Hmm. Well, there you go. I mean, can you
1: can give
2: those points to Greg? He said fly. He did. <laughs> uh, murder by numbers for 100.
3: The longest-running horror franchise with 12
2: films. Uh, Friday the 13th? Yes, it is. I think we talked about that last week, Patrick. So that might have been your one. That
3: might Patrick. have been the one that I, I was thinking of. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, 200. Unfortunately, the number of wrong turn movies. <laughs> uh, I believe they made six. Is that your answer? That is my answer. Nobody is gonna catch Josh in any way, shape, or form this week.
0: Nope. Yeah.
2: Uh, three hundred.
3: Jason Verhees killed this many people in Friday the thirteenth. Zero. And the answer is Zero. Four hundred. Dr. Samuel Loomis appears in this many Halloween movies.
2: Uh five.
3: That is incorrect. Son of a bitch.
1: I'll steal. It's four.
3: That is still incorrect.
0: Shit. Uh, three? Are we playing the prices right now? <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> that is still incorrect. Can we still get out? No. Dr. Out Samuel okay. Lewis ended up in eight of the movies, and technically nine because they used a news clip in one of the others. Oh, man. Yeah.
0: How many goddamn Halloween movies are there?
3: Oh, there's a lot. Oh, there's a, there's eleven, I believe, ten or eleven.
0: Jeez.
2: That's counting the remakes. That's in counting the remakes. Yeah. Okay. Did you count the remakes in that answer? Yes. Okay. Now I got it. All right. Uh, Five hundred.
3: Were Were you guys thinking just the ones with the? Uh, I was uh, just counting
0: Donald Pleasants.
3: Donald Pleasants. Yeah.
0: I don't know what I was doing.
3: <laughs> and the final. One is uh, this film owns the Guinness World Record for kills with 155.
0: <laughs> wow, good
2: for that movie!
0: Yeah, uh, good for them.
2: Do you? I don't. I have no idea. I pass. Anybody know? Dawn of the right. Dead.
0: Incorrect. Is it dead alive?
3: It is not dead alive. The answer is the Summer of Massacre.
0: Shit! I'm gonna watch that. Right. Good for them.
3: Right. All right. Well, we do have a Final Jeopardy, and unless Josh wagers all of his money, then uh, he, he will still take this competition. And Final Jeopardy category is the Oscars.
0: Oh, fuck me.
3: <laughs> so the first horror film nominated for a Best Picture Oscar. I'm
2: going to be really embarrassed when I spell this wrong.
3: Do we all have our answers? Yep. Yep. All yeah. right. Hold them up to the camera as I... And did we all say The Exorcist? Very good. Woo! It earned 10 Oscar nominations in 1974, including a Best Supporting Actress for 15-year-old Linda Blair. I think she was that old at that time. And that is Jeopardy! Horror Edition. Round two. Much easier than last time.
1: We're going to swing over, and we're going to jump to Maddie's box. Maddie, give us a villain versus villain.
0: We're not calling this segment that.
1: (laughs) No, we're not. It's villain versus villain. We're calling it Maddie's box.
0: God, I hate you.
1: <laughs> now it's time for Maddie's box.
3: We need like intro music for that. It's like Peep's <laughs> Playhouse. It's it's Maddie's Fox. box. Box, box, box. That's that's the echo from her box.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> Today's this. a segment brought to you by the letter B. <laughs> Assholes.
2: <laughs> Sorry, Maddie.
0: Godzilla versus the Pale Man from Pan's Labyrinth. So we're doing. Uh,
2: we've done the Pale Man before. Yeah. I one.
0: don't. I don't take things out of my box once we pull <laughs> it in. It just goes back in. Anyone get comment on that? Anyone have any more funny fucking jokes about my goddamn box?
3: I'm just surprised anything else could fit in your box at this point. i
1: Godzilla's
0: taking up some room. <laughs>
1: I'll yeah. buy first. I believe the last time that we put these two up or we put one up against the pale man, pale man one, just because of the, the mystery and the, there's a word I want and I can't think of it. I don't know what it is. Uh, the mystery behind the character, you know, you don't get a lot of screen time with him, but when he's on there, he's a commanding presence. And I think that completely dominates versus, you know, Godzilla is a cool character, but he's a smash and crash there's not a lot of depth to him. Maybe depth was the word I was looking for. There's there's depth behind the pale man. Where does he come from? What uh, what's the lore behind this this creature and this character? And you know, Godzilla is a a giant lizard created from the the nuclear age. Or something to that effect. So uh,
3: I vote Pale Man. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there, Greg, that Godzilla is kind of a one-note Johnny. He either beats on things or hits it with its death ray. So not much mystery surrounding him where there's a lot of mystery surrounding the Pale Man. So I'm just thinking as a character, Pale Man is much more interesting.
0: I would say I don't have a ton to add to that I mean I know Godzilla's been around a lot longer and I mean that's really cool about him and I mean if you're going to put this like these characters up against each other in like a versus thing like obviously Godzilla's going to kick some ass but the Pale Man is on screen for like m- Less than 10 minutes and just like steals that whole movie, so I'm gonna have to go with the Pale Man as well.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes you just uh want to watch some Smash and Crash, and I'm a Godzilla versus King Kong kind of guy, so just in honor of uh fucking some shit up, uh, I would go with Godzilla. I don't mind being alone on this island, so that's where I'm gonna live. It no,
1: was our right. villain versus villain. We uh, we watched a movie for this week. Uh, it was Patrick's choice. Oh. So we're going to go to Patrick for the deets and for the why he chose it. Patrick, hit us. Yes, the,
3: the movie is Warning, Do Not Play 2020. Running an hour 26 on shutter. Aspiring director Mijung is struggling with ideas for a new horror film until she hears about a mysterious film, one that's been rumored to be shot by a ghost. The hunt begins, but as Mijung gets closer to the truth, the line oh. between her film and her life begins to blur. IMDb rating 5.1, and there's no Scores available for Metacritic, Rotten Tomatoes critics, or Rotten Tomatoes audience scores yet.
0: Oh, that's w- When did it come out?
3: It just released yesterday, uh, Thursday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's actually the reason that I chose this one. I had seen some hype for it earlier. And then uh, just this last weekend, Shutter was really promoting it hard. And the trailer looked pretty cool. So I figured let's watch something none of us have seen that nobody has really seen. Uh, so we'll be one of the first few podcasts covering this one. And that's pretty much the reason I chose it. Also, I love Korean horror.
0: Groovy.
1: Groovy. All right. You know, I have to say, I feel like foreign horror is kind of on top right now. If you compare it to foreign versus American horror, I feel like we get a lot better selection or a lot more horrific horror out of the foreign market than we do in the american market and i'm I'm wondering why that might be
0: there aren't as many rules you have to worry about that is it. true you don't have to worry about offending as many people i'm not saying that yeah in like that kind of way but just i mean there's just not a lot of rules in like a lot of foreign horror movies like i know in like american horror movies you can't kill someone on screen if they're under a certain age or something like that so there's just yeah so less rules mm-hmm. other places I think with
3: some of them they're they're it it's almost like a renaissance for them that they're starting to explore some really cool ideas and they're not you know kind of like Maddie said they're not limiting their themselves mm-hmm. so i think the ideas coming from foreign markets are better than what we're doing in the states and maybe i don't know maybe it's a money factor that in the states we're just trying to play it safe whereas elsewhere maybe they're just trying to make art
1: do you you feel like that's even still the case when you have streaming services like netflix and hbo and hulu where the the guidelines are a little bit more gray compared to stuff that's coming out cinematically
3: yeah i would i would still agree with that even with netflix they've they've still got to make money off of it somehow or another, you mm-hmm. know, because the only way they're making money is subscriptions. Yeah. So, no, so not only are they paying for their original content, but they're also paying for the items that they're essentially renting from other
2: production companies. Josh, what were you going to say? Um, I just feel like, yeah, like Asian horror and the Asian culture does this kind of horror film. Right. They just have all this like folklore and like the legends behind all these stories and just in their like own, like, culture, I think, overall, that these stories that they can tell. And I always feel like you walk into, like, any type of, like, ghost, spiritual like, story that uh, comes from that culture, they always hit those right. I haven't really been bummed out or disappointed for by, or by any of uh, those films that have come out. Um, and I haven't seen a ton of them, so I don't have a lot to compare too but I just feel like every time this kind of ghost story type film comes from there it's always just right on point uh, every single time and I th- to the same I, I mean I agree with it with the same one that we just watched today I feel like this hit it on point okay who wants to jump in on uh, warning do not play
3: uh, let's just say spoilers right up front because I yeah but we've run the risk of possibly spoiling this just to be safe Spoilers. Just, to be, just yeah. to be
0: safe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I've never, like, I really like a lot of foreign horror, but um, a lot of Asian horror just doesn't hit me like that. But it's because of the films that I like versus, like, what they tend to produce. As you said, they do a lot of, like, ghost story stuff. I'm not a huge, like, ghost story fan. I, I like my blood and my gore. Um, but I think this movie did pretty well um, and what it was trying to do. I did think it was a tiny bit like on the safe side. But there were some things I really did like about this movie. Um, I liked the main character. I thought she was really fun. She was like resourceful and smart. Which you don't get a lot of smart people in horror <laughs> movies. Um, I also kind of liked her because this is the kind of stupid ass shit I would do. Like, If you tell me there's some like haunted ass film out there, I'm going to go find it because because I'm dumb but I don't know this movie to me was it was a good movie it just wasn't really my thing I also feel like it took quite a bit to get going like it was
3: it was kind of a slow burn at first yeah
0: yeah especially this movie was only like an hour and 25 minutes and so Mm -hmm. I'm like you know if you got this short movie you kind of need to start like you need to go. You need to start, like, clipping. You need to start going a little faster because, like, if you wait until three-quarters of the movie's over before you really start to, like, have anything happen, then you only have, like, the short part of, a- like, action or anything going on. And that just, yeah, that kind of threw it off a little bit for me. So
2: Yeah, I didn't find it. I didn't really never found uh, a drag point to it. Um, it didn't get to all the stuff right away but like usually my big issue with foreign films is like having to like read the subtitles and try to watch the visuals like I my eyes bounce and I can't keep up I didn't have that problem with this one at all I felt like I followed along pretty well with the subtitles and the visuals and everything I never felt like it was dragging or anything I was always engaged and like interested in kind of what was going on and what was coming I didn't feel like you know Maddie you said you would have been dumb and like oh there's a hearted film I should go find that She was under pressure, really, to produce something. Yeah. Uh, So not being really so much dumb, just like when the tough gets going, she had to find something to give uh, before she lost whatever whatever contract or whatever she had to do something. So I thought all the visuals and everything were really good. I never uh, felt like I was waiting for anything. I don't know how far into the film she found, she went to that guy to like, Define the movie or whatever. Um, I don't know how far into that movie, the movie it was, but I felt at that point, the movie kind of got going. I I didn't feel it was that deep into the movie, but I watched it last night and my memory is dog shit. So I could have forgotten by now. So yeah.
3: When I meant slow burn, I didn't mean that I wasn't engaged in what was going on in the movie. I just felt it took a while for the action to start hitting with it, I mean, there were some things early on with her hearing noises and kind of referencing back to when life was traumatic for her and she was making bad choices that kind of drove the story later in the movie. And I agree with you, Josh. It was when it started kicking in was about the point when she went to where this other director lived and was trying to find his copy of, of his movie that was supposedly made by a ghost. And... From that point on, it was pretty easy to follow. But then there was a moment towards the end, probably about mm, 15 minutes left, 10 minutes left, where to me, it got a little confusing Mm -hmm. that I wasn't quite sure what was going on. But I think it cleared up a little bit later to find out that it was it was the you know, and I'm not giving anything away. By saying this, where it was the movie overlapping her real life, because that's in the description of the movie, and it started to make a little bit more sense there. But I still think at the very end, with the way that it ended, it still was unclear to me why it ended that way.
2: Yeah, yeah. There was a point. You're, you're, you're right, Patrick. Because I, I may have looked away and come back. Like, there's a point where she was, she was in the movie. Is that right? Where she, like, she, like the movie's playing, but she's in it watching these characters that are in that movie and they were able to see her and they were able to see her and at one point i i looked away and i came back to that part and i was like wait what the fuck is going on right now how did this happen right Uh, so then i was
3: wondering was she the witch was when i say witch i mean the ghost sorry was she the ghost was she uh The entity that was doing the things to these people, it was unclear at that point. And then it also made me wonder, what did she do that made her outcome different than the first director? To me, that was unclear because she was snapping photos and that seemed to make a difference because it allowed her to get away or so I, it, it was kind of unclear to me right.
1: Th- this might be a spoiler point here so spoiler 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 there was that moment where right there at the towards the end where she lit the the flare and kind of jammed it into her face or something like that
3: but yeah and i wasn't it sh- set her on fire
1: right and i wasn't sure if that was the point of separation and why she was able to carry on versus why the other guy was tormented for life.
3: Right. And was that part of the movie fallacy? Because after the place was on fire, she basically got in her car and and left. Didn't she?
1: You were, you were supposed to believe that, but I think I thought there was a point in there where she was running out of the theater and she tripped and fell, and I got a call from a friend who said he was inside the theater.
3: Right, but she was already outside, and I and right. Then she looked at and then she looked at the theater. It was engulfed in flames, and she got in her car, and I assume she left. But then, when you get back to when they're making the movie, it's the same place that she was just at. But why wouldn't it have been destroyed by fire?
1: There's a lot of interpretation, I think, within this movie, and I I really enjoyed it for what it was. If he asked me to to recount what I just saw. <laughs> no (laughs) go watch the movie with with that interpretation of it's it's clear until you get to the point where she first uh meets the ghost within her apartment i believe it was and from that point it it kind of turns into kind of like the tagline says it's a blurred vision of her life versus this versus this movie and it's really tricky to kind of tell what was what
3: and and there was also a point where and correct me if i'm wrong she did she not already encounter the ghost before she even picked up the videos or, or was that after she watched the clip?
1: I feel like it was after she watched the clip.
3: Yeah. Cause, cause was I was thinking the, she heard knocks or something like that prior to even having any of that stuff, but I could I, be I wrong. Think,
1: no, I think you're right. I think it was after that first clip that she okay. saw was kind of the, the trigger that started the whole okay craziness.
0: I think part of the confusion also kind of lies with, when we talked about this, um, talked about this a couple times, is I do not think Korean translates over into English very well at all, so I think part of the confusion was just a really choppy-looking dialogue, because I know that kind of tripped me up a couple times, when I was like, What? <laughs> There's just there's not a lot of languages that translate like perfectly over into English, yeah. but i' I feel like we've had the most difficulty when we have kind of watched like Korean, Polynesian and like Japanese horror.
1: Mm-hmm. So really, this film was uh, was beautifully shot. That was one of the things that I picked up right away. Great looking lighting, great shots, characters were fantastic. I loved the the mm-hmm. lead. I thought she did a fantastic job holding her own. and really being a solid lead character what I was thinking about while I was watching this was what would this look like as an American adaptation? And I could see it going really South, really quick.
0: I was going to say, don't give them ideas.
1: Oh, I don't have to give them ideas anymore. (laughs) They're fucking themselves in the butt at this point. I, I really liked what this movie was. And even though you're left with a whole lot of questions and a lot of confusion at the end of it, I would 100% say definitely go and watch this because maybe you picked something out that we missed or I don't know what, but yeah. uh, you know, I, the one thing that I'm, I'm kicking myself for was I wish I would have watched this when it was dark out instead of middle of the day sun shining in. Cause I think you would have gotten some great effects and some great atmosphere while watching this as a, uh, a pitch black night film.
3: I was just say, uh, you know, talking about that. I really dug the sound design on this one. Mm-hmm. That they really had a lot of layers in it, and it I think it helped drive the tension in the
2: movie. Yeah, you know, I watched this on my deck last night outside at like uh, like twelve o'clock in the morning. Like it was, I started at, I started at like eleven forty five last night, and just sat out on my deck uh, in pitch black and watched this movie. And it was great. It was a great watch. Though, one of the things that they're uh, really, really great about, um, I think, and it's not just in this movie, it's in other, just like as in, back to the Asian cultural like story, like ghost story kind of films, is they really focus a lot on the eyes of the ghost, like the white of the eyes. And I love those shots. Uh, they really focus on the white of the eyes. You can't see the outline of the face very well, but you see the, it's, it's always in darkness, and you can always see the white of the eyes. And I always think that's like a really great mm-hmm. visual um, and really kind of a scary visual in those movies. It was, again, the same for this film. Like, you couldn't really see the her face very well, but you, her, her eyes stood out. Always standing behind somebody, you can always see the eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think that's a really great uh, visual in those movies.
3: Yeah, and, you know, going back to, to Greg's thing, the visuals in this movie were just really, really well done. I think the setup for some of the scares was done really well. I did find interesting... You know, we're talking about all the lore and the history and the Asian cultures that feed into this. However, in this movie, they were kind of making reference that American movies affected what they were doing because they referred to Blair Witch Project. They especially referred to The Exorcist because this guy wanted to be a director because of the movie The Exorcist.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. You, you just got to wonder, you know, it, it made me sit there and wonder what they were pulling from at least those two movies and putting into this movie and trying to make those connections as well. And then I had another question. She was watching a movie early on. A guy had a burlap bag over his head and was bleeding from the neck. What was that movie? Do you guys know by any chance? Because I thought it was a popular American movie. No idea. Um, okay. I don't
1: remember. It didn't look like one that I was familiar with.
3: Okay. I was just I trying to see if there was a was, third reference.
1: I, I almost took it that she was watching uh, either content that she had tried to film up to this point, mm. you know, when she was kind of in hot water with her producer, she was watching back what she had already made and it just, it wasn't working or something that she had made prior to.
3: I think there's probably some connection with the director in the main character. This director had not made a movie since 2007. He had made a short in between 2007 and now, and the movie that he had made before was actually kind of a, a extreme movie called The Butcher. And it was a movie. It's basically the making of a snuff film from the perspective of both the murderers and the people they were murdering. Basically, they had two people go at each other and try to kill each other. And those people were wearing body cams. So it was from the view of the killers and the people trying to kill each other all at the same time. And I guess that one was received extremely well. You know, and to not have a movie in 13 years. So I'm wondering if that was overlapped in the main character as well, because she had a lot of pressure to, to come up with something new and, oh, had, yeah. and, and hadn't for a while.
2: That's a good call. It's really interesting how you can go that long without making a film and then come back out of the gate and swing and, for what I feel, hit pretty hard.
0: Quality over quantity.
2: Right. All right. Anybody have
1: anything else you want to throw out there before we start rating? All right. I don't have anything. We rate on three separate categories are fear slash fun factor our gore score and the overall and would you recommend to a friend for our fear fun factor maddie what do you got
0: i don't know i don't think anything this movie was scary but i also don't think it was fun (laughs) so i don't know i don't want to rate this super low because i mean it was good but i'm gonna have to only give it like a three or four because it just it wasn't scary to me
2: Josh. Taking the kind of the scare factor away from us, because we've had that conversation about like mm-hmm. what scares us, right? And just going to like a general public kind of like watching this movie, I'd ride the line and go like a five or a six. Patrick. I would agree
3: with that. There wasn't much to be frightened of in this movie. Maybe it would have been different if I had watched it in the dark, kind of like Josh had. But. I still enjoyed it quite a bit as I was going through. There, there was kind of a fun factor for me with this movie. And I would put it right at about a five or a six.
1: I think for me, like we've, we've established that there's not a lot of fear. However, I, I do want to rate it on the fear scale. Only because I think the, the use of the practical effects that they use with the ghost was more effective than some of the movies that I've seen up to this point. And so I want to, I want to sit on a six for this movie. Because I feel like, again, if you watch it in the right atmosphere, you could get uh, you could get a pretty good jump out of it very easily. So I think a six is uh, a solid score on that. So for a gore score, Maddie.
0: Is there any gore in here? Um, I'm going to give it like a one.
2: Uh, trying, to, trying to think of gore spots in that movie. and um, I don't think there was really a lot. So yeah, like a three, I don't know, three or four.
3: Yeah, I agree. It was pretty low. You know, I'm trying to think back to the kills that they almost seemed implied. They showed everything up until the death, but not the actual death itself. I think you'd see it just before and then you'd see what it was afterwards. So I think it was pretty low as well. So I give that probably about a two, two or three.
1: I'm actually going to give it a four. I felt like there was a pretty decent amount of gore, not gratuitous amounts of gore, but one of the bigger or a couple of the bigger scenes was the guy who had the pipe shoved through his face was a big one. There was the, the guy at the end with the the hanging and I assumed decapitation that was kind of left to uh, interpretation. Uh, the biggest one that really got me though, was the implied suicide of the director with the bathtub and the razor. I think that one warrants a little bit, of a higher score. So I'm going to sit on a four for the Gore score uh, as far as overall. And would you recommend it to a friend? Maddie?
0: You know, I was, when I was walking this morning, I was kind of thinking about this movie and like, I feel weird. Cause I didn't love this movie, but I feel like it should have got, it should get a better score than some of the shit that I've seen and I've rated on here. So I'm going to sit at like a six and yeah, I would, I would recommend this to people. Um, I know a lot of people that would probably really like this movie. As I said, it's just not super my thing. So, yeah, I'll set it like a six.
2: Josh? Yeah, I definitely think this is probably one of the easier foreign films I've seen. We've watched some pretty muddy foreign films on uh, this podcast, Maddie. And um, uh, uh, this is definitely one of the easier ones we've gotten through. So, I'm going to say seven. I'm going to give it a seven. And, uh, yeah, definitely definitely check it out. It's brand new on Shutter, so... I don't know if you can watch it anywhere else, but if you got Shudder, I would definitely go check check that out.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a I'm pretty sure it's a Shudder exclusive at this point. Yeah. I'm going to give it right between that 6 and 7 mark as well. It like I said, it was it was engaging even though it was a slow burn, it kept me engaged all the way through. I did have some and still have some questions at the end of the movie, but maybe that's a good thing. Maybe, you know, maybe I should let my imagination take care and answer my own questions when it comes to films like this. But I thought the acting was solid. I thought the directing was solid. I thought the cinematography was really good, and especially that the audio for this was was done really well. So I'm going to put it about a 6-7. Would I recommend it to a friend? Yeah, but it's it, it's a safe movie still.
1: I'm gonna sit on that uh, that six score for the overall. You know, I, I think it's, it's it's a good watch. Uh, you definitely come out with some questions, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think that means you're you're engaged in the film. You're trying to figure out what's happening, and you you want to know more. You you want to fully understand it. And this might be one of those films where going back and taking a second watch after a certain amount of time, very similar to the void might help answer a lot of those questions or even boost that level of what you think of that, of uh, the movie. So uh, I'm going to sit on a six. Uh, this was an enjoyable film. I, again, it was shot beautifully, a really intriguing story. You know, I, I don't get a, or I don't see a lot of good ghost stories anymore. And the story of a ghost shooting a horror film from the ghost perspective, it's interesting. And so I definitely recommend uh, giving this one a shot. All right. Uh, anybody have any plugs before we jump the gun and get out of here?
0: As usual, I'm going to shout out to a couple local businesses. Um, this week, because of all the current events, I kind of want to give a yell to some minority-owned businesses. The first one, I... Really want to recommend that I haven't personally tried, but I've gotten a lot of recommendations to go to, is Juju's Cajun and Creole. It's a vegan, southern-style restaurant, which I think is super cool. The other one I'm going to give a yell out is uh, Pepe's Mexican Bistro. I think they're on 11th Street. They're great, and they're also a vegetarian Mexican restaurant. So I guess we kind of have a theme this week, but they're one of my favorite restaurants in Lincoln, definitely.
1: Where is uh, Where is Juju's?
0: They're somewhere downtown. I don't think they have a like solid location yet, but I could totally be wrong. Um, if you go to their Facebook and Instagram, they have like their menu. They do a meal plan menu, so you can go and like pick your protein, green, and starch for the week. And then- I do know he was taking a week or so off to spend with his family so he might not be up and running right now but um definitely go and check them out as I said it's like I think it's like a one man business and he does a lot of his stuff through Facebook and Instagram.
3: He's on uh South 11th Street.
0: Oh so he is kind of by Pepe's Mexican.
3: Mhm.
0: Awesome. Okay. Yeah and, and they're only
3: open Monday through Friday.
1: Nice. I'd love to try some creole. That'd be delicious.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, but their hours are – I mean, their hours are – it's 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., so it's a lunchtime only. You get one shot and one shot only. Monday through Friday, yep.
0: That's honestly why I haven't tried them yet is just because, like, unfortunately, I'm normally busy around that time. But if you're downtown and you need some good grub.
1: Anybody else? Plugs? All right. Patrick, take us home.
3: Yes, so if you're a fan of the Midnight Frightcast, we know that you are. Please help us out. Make sure that you head on over to iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to us on and make sure that you rate and review us. Also, make sure that you tell your friends and family. And then also, head on over and check out our films at midnightfrightfilms.com.
1: All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode number 86 of the Midnight Fright Cast. I've been your host, Greg, the movie guy, along with our Scream Queen, Maddie, the other guy in the room, Josh, and the doctor of everything else, Patrick. I got it right. He's got it right. <laughs> we will be we will be back here uh, next week. Not sure what movie we're watching. I think it's Josh's pick. Oh boy, do I got a, a couple in store for you! Oh goody! Oh goody! So until uh, next Sunday when we get thrown into the buzzsaw from Joshua, be kind out there with to everybody. It's it's a weird time right now and everybody wear your mask. just is yeah, wear your mask, just be kind to people. It's it's simple to do. It's, I can't stress that enough. I've seen so many people being dicks to each other and it, we don't need more world or a world more full of dicks. So just be kind to everybody out there. We will see you next week and we are out of here. Peace everybody.